Marketing has been revolutionized in recent years with the onset of the digital age. Executing a digital and social media marketing strategy can be a huge strategic advantage for military veteran entrepreneurs. Today on the Financial Operating Base, we'll chat with Trish Leto, Navy veteran, social media influencer, and marketing expert. Welcome to the Financial Operating Base, a podcast and community to help you, the veteran entrepreneur, to navigate the terrain and accomplish your mission of business success. And joining us today, we have Trish Lito, uh, digital marketing and social media expert. Thanks for joining us, Trish. Yay, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. We appreciate your time as well. Let's just start. Tell us about your journey um, as a veteran and how you got into to business and entrepreneurship and specifically marketing. Oh, boy. Well, my, my journey as a veteran, so I joined the Navy fresh out of high school in um, August of 1996. And the reason why is because my father was in the Navy. I think he was in for eight years. He did two around the world tours. He was in the, um, the Bay of Pigs during the Cuban Missile Crisis. He went to Antarctica and all other types of places. Very blue collar. My dad was an engineman um, on, a, uh, on a destroyer. The USS Hissam was the ship that he was on. It's, um, it's cool, though, because they um, this whole like reunion group online. It's awesome. And I, I love that he does that. Um, but my dad was in, my uncle was in, um, cousins, my brother-in-law. I mean, I've got a vast family and, and friends that were, that were in the military and it just it felt right for me because I knew I didn't want to go to college. So I went in and I went in and the, uh, at the time it was the, uh, like a, it was like an apprenticeship program. You go in enlisted and you can strike into whatever rating you wanted to be. So um, I ended up being an uh, aviation structural mechanic. So as a helicopter mechanic, squadron that I was at, stationed at, is in Norfolk, Virginia. I worked at um, Helsopron 6, Helicopter Combat Support Squadron 6. We did search and rescue, vertical replenishment, or two missions. Uh, I did two cruises. I did, um, my first cruise was board a USNS Concorde, a merchant marine ship, which was amazing. And we did um, basically all the Mediterranean. And then came back home was landlocked for about a year then went back out um and my second cruise was on board the uss seattle and aoe3 and we spent two months in the med and then the captain said guess what we got to go into the arabian gulf they need our support so i spent four months in the arabian gulf um so it, what's interesting is i was in the military during peacetime right so i don't know anything about what it's like to deal with with the war and all of the um the stresses and the ptsd that i see our brothers and sisters in arms dealing with every single day including my brother-in-law um but i got out in august of 2000 and we all know what happened the following year um i i could have gone back in and i i i, I really wanted to but my mother um my mother would have had probably a heart attack <laughs> If I went right back in after 9/11 happened, her her youngest, I'm the youngest of four, her 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 baby daughter, and she had you know she just got me back home the year before after me calling her from you know flight decks on my ship and going mom there's guys that are walking around with like guns in their hands I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing right now like this I'm not I'm supposed to have a wrench and deal with hydraulic fluid that's it that's all I signed up for <laughs> so so that that happened I got out. But in August, I got out August of 2000 and guys, I couldn't find a job. Nobody would hire me for seven months. 
And um, I, I wasn't prepared for that. I thought, gosh, you know, I'd, I'd get out of the military. It would be like no problem, like just being a veteran and serving my country, being a helicopter mechanic. And the reality set in that if I wanted to even work on helicopters on the civilian side, that I had to go get my A&P license. And I didn't want to have to do any more schooling. Like that was ridiculous to me. So um, seven months later, my mom called in a favor with her financial advisor. <laughs> Crazy oh, world, right? Like a real winner. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> well, he, <laughs> he, he wasn't one of my favorite people in the world. Let's just put it to you that way. Um, but I ended up being an administrative assistant for him making $7 an hour working. I was living back at home with my mom and dad, which is exactly what I didn't want to do. I take that back. He sounds like a real loser. <laughs> what a schmuck, right? <laughs> um, and then I was there for, I don't even remember guys. I want to say it was maybe like six months. It wasn't even a year later that um, I had an opportunity to interview at a mortgage company. This, this girl called in who worked at a mortgage company. She needed customer service helped her with um, uh, starting to liquidate a little bit of her life insurance policy because she had a, a situation in her family. And she, we just had a great conversation. And she's like, hey, have you ever worked in the mortgage industry before? And I'm like, nope. And she's like, do you want to? I was like, sure. So I went in the next day, interviewed, and I got the job making 25 grand a year, which was a heck of a lot more money than I was making. And um, when, I, when I tell people I stumbled into the mortgage industry, that's literally what happened. I stumbled into it got in there, worked for um, a wholesale lender uh, in the subprime, the subprime industry, which was, you know, really, really good at the time. And um, yeah, so I did that for 18 years. Uh, and then, um, so I'm going to cut back to, you know, like the entrepreneurial journey. I started a family later in life. Um, I, I met my husband and got married. I think I was 30 one when we got married or 33 when we got married. And then I had two kids in two years after that. And I quickly realized even with a good paying mortgage job, putting a child in daycare is very, it's a, that's a mortgage payment in and of itself. It was very expensive. And so after we had my son, I was literally putting my son's daycare on a credit card. And I had the side hustle in a multi-level marketing business and I wasn't, I wasn't making any money with it because I really had no idea what I was doing. I was just going, okay, I like this product. And I started product vomiting on people. It was horrible. And I wasn't making any money. And so I had my worst month ever. It was uh, August of 2016, I believe. And I threw my hands in the air, started crying. I was super upset because I, I was really stressed out about it. And then I went over to my computer that night, opened up my computer and went onto YouTube. And I started learning from people who I consider to be very influential in the digital marketing space. I was like, people are making money online every day. Why the hell can't I? What am I doing wrong? So I started learning from these people. And then um, really long story short, I started using live video to just start telling my story and, 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 and sharing my story and why I wanted to make extra money and how this all came about. And I turned into a show called The Expert Connection with Trish Leto. I started reaching out to other people in my, in my online network and going, just like you guys are doing right now, you know, just reaching out to people going, hey, you're doing a thing online, you're making it work, you're making money from it, tell, it, tell me about it. So I started doing that. And then I had one of my mentors reach out to me and go, Trish, you're a journalist. Why don't you do more of this and then start teaching people how to do that? So crazy enough, that's how I started making money. I was reaching out to these people, doing Facebook lives with them. 
repurposing it onto YouTube. And eventually I launched my podcast, The Expert Connection, and I was getting their affiliate links. So they're like referral commission links to their programs and their products and their services. And I started making affiliate commissions off of it. And I was like, wait a second, if I can do this, like this could be a thing. I could teach people how to do it. So I noticed that more and more people were doing Facebook live, but there was no real structure to it. People were just going live just to be like, Hey, I'm live. And it's like, it turned into like a look at me, look at me thing. And not so much a, how can I serve you thing? And as a veteran, I'm always about what can I do to serve people? Like, how can I help people? And, and that's always been how I am. Cause it's my father's mentality too. And so I sat down with a sticky notepad one day and I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out how I can do this in five minutes flat. There's got to be a way. So I wrote it down on a sticky note and I was like 30 second intro, two to three minutes teaching something, a bullet, like two to three bullet points, one minute interacting with my audience, 30 second closed, done. And so I started doing it and I called it five minute lives and it took off like wildfire. I mean, everybody started doing it. And so I created a blueprint. I trademarked it. Um, in between all of that guys, a ton of failures. I tried so many other things, like so many other things. Um, I, I launched courses that failed. I did webinars that got crickets. I did Facebook lives that got crickets. I did so many things and I failed forward because I would not give up because I've got two beautiful children who depend on me and an entire network of people that wanted to learn what I was doing. And I, I was like, there, I have to find an answer. There's gotta be an answer. And then finally it just clicked. Like it literally just clicked and I found my zone of genius and I'm really, really good at teaching. Like it's, that's my zone of genius. I'm an awesome teacher and I own that now. Um, and so it just kind of took off and then out of nowhere, people started messaging me going, we want you to be a speaker. We want you to speak here. We want you to speak there. You know, can you come and be on this virtual summit? Can you be on our podcast? And then I started getting clients and then I quit my nine to five job in um, the end of February. I gave my, my, my resignation letter. And so I've been officially self-employed for six months now. And it's been the scariest and most exciting thing of my life. <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> well, it really sounds, if you've heard the expression, you know, of preparation meeting opportunity. And it really sounds like you went to go learn this. And then as the opportunities came up, you were wholly prepared to seize them. Yeah. And, and if we think about not just your industry, but any industry, um, you know, what kind of advice would you give to that entrepreneur that says, I think I know how to do something, or I, I, I'm learning about this and I'm trying to figure out how to apply it. How do you really get to that point where you get the preparation and the opportunity to meet each other. Hire a coach. I am so dead serious. We cannot do this alone. I hired my business coach in uh, early November and he lit a serious fire under my ass. He got me laser focused. He told me like, hey, this is your pathway. This is what you need to do. He was the one that told me I needed to trademark five minute lives. He's like five minute lives is your whole presentation because up until then I was doing this whole thing and saying, Oh, my, my presentation is how to monetize live video content. <laughs> it wasn't real snappy. <laughs> so he's like, no, he goes, it needs to be five minute lives. So I turn it into five minute lives and it's a seven step system. And I teach it. I could teach it blindfolded with two, two hands behind my back. 
Like I know I, I've taught it so many times, but you got to have somebody, you have to have somebody there for you. And I hired him because he's done the thing and he had one hell of a story that just absolutely like pulled at my heartstrings. And I was like, this is the guy. And yeah, Chad Thibodeau is his name. He's not a veteran, um, but he, he's just an amazing human being and he's a phenomenal coach. And he had, he's got, I'm, I was the first person that, that bought his, his coaching program. And then he just, he like literally had hundreds of other people come in more. So yeah, I mean, you got to have somebody to guide you and, and check in on you, like seriously, not just for free. <laughs> That's awesome. It's like a series of, of emerging success stories kind of all together, which is really cool. So uh, I want to zone in on something here and I'm going to ask kind of the same question three ways. So between all the stuff that you were doing, what, what about the five minute live stuck or in other words, um, working with the coach, what was it that he was able to guide you to towards your secret sauce? And I think you mentioned it was kind of teaching. Or in other words, how is what you do different sort of than anybody else? So there's this sort of intersection between something stuck, you had a coach working with you, and you have something unique about you that, that probably flourished into kind of what you are now and where you're going. Oh boy. Okay. So, cause I've got, I, I'm like, I'm literally just thinking about how I want to answer this. So <clears throat> what, what kind of stuck, and this is the truth guys, what kind of stuck for me was I got pissed off. I got pissed off at seeing other people out there teaching a thing that I felt I was much more qualified to teach. Um, and they were teaching this thing. They were less qualified than I was, and they were charging thousands of dollars and either they were getting results for people, but the people didn't really like it. And they didn't feel as connected to those people as they did for me. Um, and then there was, there was like the real estate piece. I saw a lot of, cause again, it, I say real estate, but real estate and mortgage goes hand in hand. So because I had over 18 years in the mortgage industry, um, the real estate agents started coming to me because everything that I was teaching loan officers and mortgage professionals to do on live video, real estate agents were going, well, I could do that too. And I was like, yeah. So that, that kind of stuck with me. So it was a two part, like I got pissed off. I was like, you know what? This is ridiculous. I, I was, I was sitting in like a, an imposter syndrome place. And so I, I let other people's, um, lack of guidance and lack of clarity piss me off to go, no, 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 no. I'm going to show you an easier way, right? I'm going to show you a better way. And then the guidance that he gave me was to really hone in on the audience. Cause I was for quite some time, the whole, if you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. So I started saying, okay, I'm going to choose to talk to coaches and consultants. I'm going to choose to talk to veteran entrepreneurs. I'm going to choose to talk to real estate agents. And the commonality with all of those is that the veteran community is massive. And there are hundreds of thousands of veterans who are all three of those things. They're a veteran or they're a military spouse or a military parent and, or they are a coach or consultant and in the real estate or mortgage industry. So I, it's like, I started speaking to these people more and more. And then other veterans were just like, gravitating to me and going, you're teaching something that we need to learn more about. And I would say, finally, the most important thing to remember is I don't, I don't, I don't worry about perfection. 
I just get my content out there. I could be in a t-shirt with a ponytail in my head and standing next to my Walmart whiteboard with lousy lighting, but I'll go Facebook live and I'll teach my face off for a half an hour and I will change somebody's life. And that's important to me. So I don't, I don't worry about perfection anymore. And I haven't for probably about a solid year now. But, but I hear authenticity. And I think what we found in the veteran community and that we all find is veterans are authentic. We sort of can't help it, but be ourselves. And we like to get pissed off a lot. So really, if you could perfect <laughs> us all how to make a lot of money because we get pissed off, I mean, I think we could all take that to the bank. Yeah, I mean, and that's just it. It's, and, and I, that's like, it's funny because people ask me, he's like, hey, what's the one thing you want to leave people with? And I'm like, there's 12-year-old girls on YouTube who are making $5,000 a week curling their hair with a flat iron. That could be your video. Like, let that piss you off. If these kids can make money on TikTok, we can make money on Facebook Live and LinkedIn, teaching real people, real business advice, and helping them make money. Like, what the hell are we doing? Uh, we can definitely relate to that because, I mean, even in our industry, which has a, kind of a bad rap over the last 10 years, you know, that's why we wanted to be independent and um, objective fee-only fiduciary advisors. And, and the whole pissed off concept just resonates with entrepreneurs. That's what an entrepreneur is, right? Recognize what's wrong with the world and say, I'm going to do something about it. And that's what's common to veterans. Um, is the initiative, the vision one, yeah. initiative two, to, to actually go do it. Yeah, most of us anyway. I mean, I, I definitely think that there's, def, you know, there's a small percentage of us because we're all human beings. We all have the unfortunate um, lacks about us every now and again that, you know, we're just like, oh, the hell with this. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. You know, whatever, blame the government for this. And I mean, you can blame anybody else for anything you want to, but at the end of the day, we're the ones that are going to put our own heads on our pillows that night. So, um, I choose to, I choose to blame any lack of anything on myself. And then I make choices to change whatever's not working and move like freaking again, fail forward, move forward. Like, you know, put my boots to the ground, literally. So you do a lot of speaking and you do a lot of teaching and yeah. you're very out there. Um, so you must have a deep repository of uh, either catchphrases or go-to quotes. So we always ask everyone that comes on the podcast, um, is there a favorite leadership quote that either guides you, inspires you, you like to share with other people? Wow. Um, you know, I actually have one. I have a, I have something that hangs on my wall and I actually, I love George Bernard Shaw. I've got the one that says life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. And I really love that because that's quite literally what I've been doing, you know, for the, the last five years, essentially of this journey. Um, and then I have my own trademarked catchphrase that says press live with purpose. And that means press live with the purpose of educating, entertaining, or enlightening our audiences. And, you know, like, don't, I don't make it about, whenever I do a Facebook Live, I don't make it about me. Even this, this isn't about me. I mean, I'm doing whatever I can to share information and knowledge so that I can help somebody else. Whoever hears this, whoever watches me in a live video, like, I, I could change their day. And, and, I mean, that's powerful. And it's also very scary. Because, <laughs> You know, if you don't come out with the correct message, um, it could make or break you, right? So I'm always coming from a place of just trying to empower people. But yeah, um, 
I think that it's important that we don't, we're not worried about, uh, we're not worried about trying to be something that we're not, that we're just creating our own, our own thing and, and owning it and, and not just don't give a shit. Can I curse? <laughs> you can now. <laughs> Please. Well, yeah. No problem. Yeah. We're all veterans, right? So we're, right. we're much worse. You curse like a sailor. Right. You know. Oh, no. Not, yeah, I know. I kept it clean. <laughs> Chris, uh, thanks so much for your time. This has been awesome. Um, it's been great hearing. Um, your story, getting to know you, but really, most importantly, the value that you're providing even through this uh, conversation. Um, so we're going to have a lot of people that listen and and want to reach out to you. So where can our listeners get in touch with you? The easiest place to find me, obviously, is my website, trishlito.com. And then um, Facebook, it's um, Trish Lito Biz is my Facebook business page. And then on LinkedIn, Trish Lito. Um, those, are, those are the three places that I'm and then uh, YouTube, I'm on YouTube as well. Any, any technical questions that you have like about Facebook Live or content, I've got a ton of them on YouTube, guys. Like just feel free to go look the stuff up, put my name in there and you'll find me. I take up like seven pages of Google, so that's fun. <laughs> and, and a lot of uh, other guests we've had on the show as, as well as a lot of our listeners uh, will be at the Military Influencer Conference in Washington, D.C. in September. Um, you'll be there, we hope to see you. I will. I'll be on the uh, the live video track doing my five minute live presentation. And it's I'm going to be having stuff in that presentation that nobody heard from last year. So I'm really excited to do it this time. That's awesome. Joe and I'll be there. We'll, we'll have a um, stand there. So we'll be doing this. So make sure you stop by and do a five minute live with us that we can repurpose on this podcast and on your channel and just collab. Hell yeah, of course. Roger that. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. You got it, guys. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Trish Lito. And we will leave you with this quote from social media marketing author Mary Smith. Content is king, but engagement is queen, and the lady rules the house. Thanks for joining us on the Financial Operating Base podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so send us your questions or feedback to financialoperatingbase at gmail.com.